Welcome to Madison Avenue Presbyterian Church. We hope this message encourages you and inspires you to serve God and your neighbor. If you want to learn more about our ministry, head over to mapc.com. If you're looking for a community where you can deepen your faith, we invite you to join us every Sunday at 1030 online or in person. Our New Testament reading today comes to us from the Gospel of Matthew, the fifth chapter, beginning with verse number 14. Listen once again to the Word of God. Jesus said, You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hidden. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Have you ever noticed that children sometimes offer remarkable words of wisdom? Pat, 10 years old, never trust a dog to watch your food. Eileen, age nine, opines, never tried to baptize a cat. Joel, age 10, never argue with your sister when she's holding a baseball bat. And my favorite, Jason, age 12, when your father is mad at you and asks, do I look stupid? Don't answer him. Sometimes children offer remarkable words of wisdom, and sometimes they sing remarkable words of wisdom. I have had in my mind over the past few weeks the lyrics of this little hymn, uh, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine. I'm not sure why I've had these words on my mind. But as I have packed up my books in the office and taken them back, to the mats, I have been thinking, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. As I researched and then scheduled the moving company to come on April 13th, I thought, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. As I have had coffee or lunch with you over the past two weeks, and you have shared with me, and we have shared together uh, grief and thanksgiving, these words have come to mind. This little light of mine. Perhaps these words have been going through my mind because I am so pleased and thankful for the glow, the warmth, and the brightness that I see in you. After so many changes and transitions, so many ups and downs, after struggling with so many different creative ways to remain faithful to the gospel during the three years of COVID, you are stronger now as a congregation than you have been in many, many years. Your giving is strong, new ministries are emerging, new members are joining, and there is a fresh spirit of hope and joy that is blowing in the life of this church. And so I've been thinking, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. 
And today's New Testament reading, Jesus climbs up a high mountain. And among the many things he says is, let your light shine before others, that they might see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Jesus is not speaking to the movers and shakers of the world. No, he's not talking to the mighty and the rich and the powerful. No, he's talking to women. He's talking to outcasts. He's speaking to the poor. He's talking to fishermen. He's speaking to the sick and the lame and the blind and the hungry and the needy. Maybe Jesus here is taking his cue from the prophet Isaiah. We heard from Isaiah in our call to worship this morning. Centuries earlier, the prophet had said to his people, I have given you as a covenant to the people, a light to the nations. And when Isaiah spoke these words, his people were in exile in Babylon. The temple had been destroyed. Israel had been devastated. And many of the Israelites had been forced to move to the land of Babylon. They were a people with heavy hearts, a people held captive not simply by an oppressive foreign government, but by fear and grief and loss and pain. And yet, to those people in that situation, Isaiah says, you are a light to the nations. To every one of them, individually and collectively, Isaiah summoned them to announce the good news that God is present and that God cherishes each and every one of us. Uh, does the name Trey Lewis ring a bell with any of you this morning? Trey made national news this past week. He was a contestant on the show American Idol. He's a 21-year-old mattress salesman from Santa Fe, Texas. He lumbered out on stage wearing blue jeans and a short-sleeved shirt. And when he sang, he gave a soulful performance that suggested an awareness of the pain and brokenness and darkness of the world far, far beyond his years. The judges were so moved that Luke Bryan and Katy Perry and Lionel Richie all stood up and gave him a standing ovation. And once they sat down, they asked him, what, what has brought you to American Idol? Why did you want to audition today? And Trey said, I am from Santa Fe, Texas. In May 2018, a gunman walked into my school. I was in art room one. The gunman shot up art room two before he made his way to art room one. I lost a lot of friends. Eight students were killed. Two teachers were killed. His voice filled with emotion. He continued, it's just really been negative, man. Santa Fe's had a bad rap since. What we go through every day because of what happened is terrible. And then in a subsequent interview, he added, but there is light. There is positivity. I hope to shine a brighter light on my town with this audition. And there it is again. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Our world needs the light today. Some years ago, I walked into a Pet Boys. 
I don't imagine that many of you go to Pet Boys very often, but I needed to replace a wheel, a tire on my car. As I was walking in, there was a father and about a 10-year-old son beside him. They were ahead of me, and the 10-year-old got up to the door, and he pushed and pushed and pushed, and it wouldn't go in, and then his father barked. It says, push, stupid. I, uh, I felt sick. I felt absolutely sick. I wanted to say something, anything, to comfort the little boy, to reassure him that, no, no, you're not stupid. You're loved. You're cherished. I wanted to say something to the father, but I knew if I had said anything to the father, he would have taken it out on the son later on, so I said nothing at all. But if I had to do it over, and even though I can't carry a tune... I hope I would have the courage to sing. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. To just in some way communicate to that 10-year-old boy that he is not alone, that he is loved and cherished. Darkness comes in many different forms in our world. School shootings, parental abuse, Addiction, domestic violence, mental illness, poverty, hunger, despair, grief. If you come to church with the expectation that in here you can hide from the brokenness and darkness of the world, you've missed the point. If you come into a faith community with the expectation that God will simply sanctify your attitudes, your behaviors, your thoughts, you've missed the point. If we think that coming to a faith community is all about God taking care of us so that we might claim our ticket to heaven instead of being claimed by God to make a difference in the world, we have missed the point. You are the light of the world. It is through common, everyday people like you and me that Jesus sends out to shine the light of God's healing and grace and love. Me and you. Uh, Rachel is an oncologist. She trained for many, many years to treat people who have cancer and in her work, she discovered a strong, powerful connection between compassion and healing, and so she went back and became a trained therapist. Rachel then spent hundreds and hundreds of hours listening to patients and their families as they dealt with the trauma of cancer. One young man, she says, was the angriest person that she had ever seen. In his early 20s, he was handsome, athletic, a star athlete in high school and in college, but then he was diagnosed with leg cancer. And his leg was amputated right above the knee. She says he was the angriest person she had ever seen. 
he sat down. And filled with venomous rage, he complained about the loss of his leg. And filled with self-pity, he lashed out in anger and hatred against the doctors who had taken care of him. And he lashed out against those who are well. He said, they don't get it. They don't understand what we go through. And so Rachel gave him some paper and some crayons and said, would you draw your body for me? And this young man, in a very crude way, drew a vase on this sheet of paper, and then he got a black crayon, and over and over and over again, he put a crack in it. This is my body. Gave it back to her, and she put it in a drawer. Over the next few weeks, he continued to come in and complain and spew out his venomous hatred and pain and hurt, about people who are well and about doctors who don't understand. And one afternoon, he brought in a newspaper article that described how a teenage boy had been in a motorcycle accident and had lost his leg. And he cried out, they don't get it. They don't know what he needs. They don't understand. And then not long after that, he brought in a newspaper article about a little girl who had been disfigured in a house fire. And after that, about a boy who, whose hand had been mangled in a chemistry set accident and she began to pick up Rachel began to pick up that in addition to all of his anger was growing this concern for other people and so one day she asked him what 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 do you think you can do with your concern Rachel worked in a large hospital that had hundreds of patients and within a few weeks he began visiting the patients and their families. He sat down with the families and helped them to come to terms and to understand the horror that the patients were facing. He continued to visit. Doctors began to refer some of their patients to him, and he became friends with the very doctors that he once despised. In his last session with Rachel, she handed back to him the picture of his body, the one with the vase and the crack in it. And he looked at it and he said, it's, it's, it's not complete, is it? And he got a yellow crayon and drawing lights out from the crack. He touched the crack and he said, here is where the light shines through. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. My friends, my fervent hope for you is that you would dare to touch the brokenness of our world and to let God's light continue to shine through you. Our world needs you. Our city needs you. Our community needs you. If you are working then on the racial justice task force, let your light shine so that all of us might better understand the stain and the darkness of racism and have our eyes open to the light of Christ for racial reconciliation. If you are serving with John in our confirmation class, 
let your light shine, that all of our confirmands know that God calls them by name. If you are a deacon, let your light shine so that those in the darkness of loneliness and grief and pain might know your hope. If you are an elder serving this congregation, let your light shine that in all of your deliberations and in all of your decisions, you are informed not only by sound business practice, but much more importantly by the gospel of Jesus Christ that takes you and your church seriously and is daring to work through you even now. Let your light shine if you are a greeter on Sunday mornings. Folks, we don't know. We never know what brings someone to church. But welcome them and embrace them with the light and love of Christ. My brothers and sisters, I do not have a crystal ball. I do not know what adventures God has in store for you, but this I do know. God is inviting you to throw away your bushel baskets of fear and hesitation and contentment and let your light shine and shine and shine. This little light of mine. I, Amen.